Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Well, good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. We are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark, and we are inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Well, have you ever felt like your life is more akin to a war zone than a tranquil oasis? Well, if that's you, fear not. There is hope for you, because tonight we are bringing you Part 26 in our series entitled Peace in the Battle. Oftentimes, when we are here with the word battlefield, we quickly envision a literal battlefield with bombs going off and machine gun fire all around. Soldiers running, people screaming, and chaos all around. But have you ever considered that there is an intense battle raging in our thoughts on a daily basis, a battlefield of the mind? But don't despair. There is some good news in the midst of this battlefield. To find out about this and much, much more, stay in tune, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you doing tonight? Brother Jim, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. And Brother Jim, you're so right. You know, there's a war waging uh, battlefield in our minds daily, and that's one of the reasons why uh, we need God's perfect peace. And um, Proverbs 26 and 3 uh, says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Oh, how we need this perfect peace. This is God's promise to us. And Jesus also said in John 14 and 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. People today are really losing their minds, and mental illness is on the increase. And my friend, you just need to cry out to God tonight and just stand on Proverbs 26 and 3. We all need that perfect peace. I say this scripture every morning when I get up, along with putting on the full armor of God. God, just give me that perfect peace to deal with this troubled world. Everywhere you turn, everywhere you look, everywhere you go, there's always trouble on every side. Now, if you have God's peace in your life on a daily basis, uh, it makes uh, things uh, for you in your life, where you're able to have that unshakable, unbreakable, unmovable, unwavable, and unstable uh, life. I mean, because God is able to empower you to do things that you cannot do in and of yourself. Now, what I'm going to do tonight is something a little bit different in relationship to peace, and I want you to make a note of all of this and. Uh, Get your pens and paper ready to write this down. 
I want to give you an acronym for peace, an acronym for peace. And I want you to be blessed by this as well as share it with some others uh, tonight and in your church as well. So the P in the acronym for peace stands for praising, praising. We are to praise God no matter what we go through, my friend. Praise God in the good times, the bad times, the ugly times. Praise him. You know, that's what the book of Psalms is all about. Is when you read the book of Psalms, you just get a sense of peace because David had that peace <clears throat> because he knew the Prince of Peace and he just praised God. He just was in a spirit of praise. And when you're getting into a spirit of praise, uh, then what happens is God gives you another P along with this praising spirit. He gives you power to praise. And make a note of that, two Ps under this P. When you get into praising God, he just uplifts your spirit and gives you power to praise him in the good, bad, and the ugly. Now, the E in the acronym for peace stands for experiencing God's joy no matter what you go through. Experiencing God's joy no matter what you go through. See, when you praise God, no matter what you go through, he gives you power. And then the E stands for experiencing God's joy no matter what you go through. You know, in the bad, good, and the ugly, God gives you uh, joy to experience and peace to experience in the midst of the deepest experiences that you go through, God will give you joy. And then you will be enthusiastic. That's another E that goes with this experience. You will be enthusiastic about serving God and, you know, ministering to others. Uh, That's what this peace will do in your life. And then the A in the acronym for peace stands for accepting God's will for your life, no matter what you go through, accepting God's uh, will in your life, no matter what you go through, accept God's will for your life, whether you are in a storm or not in a storm. You got to accept God's will, whether you're down or you're up. You got to accept God's will. And you know what? And when you accept God's will, In a midst of a storm, he gives you peace. That's what he did with the disciples. You remember on the Sea of Galilee, you know, he gave them peace in the midst of the storm. You know, but when you accept God's will in your life, there's another A that comes out of this, and it's answered prayer. Answered prayer. These two A's go together. I'm doubling up these these letters. The C in the acronym for peace stands for two C's. The first C is Christ. You know, when we have God's peace in our life, then we have Christ in our life because Isaiah 96 says that he's the Prince of Peace. And when we have Christ in our lives, he gives us another C, and that is contentment. No matter what you go through, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. Let me read it to you. Verse 11, not that I'm speaking in respect of want, For I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therefore to be content. 
And, uh, you know, you notice that he said he's learned. You know, contentment is a learned thing. <laughs> You're not born with contentment. you got to learn it. And the more peace you have, you just seem to fall into learning it. And then he says in verse 12 in Philippians chapter 4, here is a wake-up call for all the word faith teachers and prosperity teachers. They don't like this verse of Scripture, but I'm going to read it anyway. Anything they don't like, you should read it. <laughs> Uh, it says, I know both how to abase and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then verse 13, I'm going to add this one to Philippians chapter 4. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now, here is the two C's underneath this C in peace. Christ and contentment. Oh, how we need both of those. Because if you don't have Christ, you're not going to have contentment, you know. And so you need uh, both of those. And lastly, the E in the acronym for peace stands for expecting God's blessings and promises to be fulfilled in your life. Expecting God's blessings and promises to be fulfilled in your life. And God will fulfill these blessings and promises in your life when you are living in his peace, and that's Jesus Christ. You know, God has a way. I'm going to give you another E with this uh, word here, expecting, and that's energize. God, the Holy Spirit will energize you and give you power, energize you to wait on God's blessings to come in your life. And God answers prayer three ways, uh, yes, no, and wait. And wait is the, uh, the hardest for us. But God brings these blessings in the time of sometimes when we're going through the dark moments and even also the light moments. But in the dark tunnels of life, we need to realize that there is a light tunnel ahead. <clears throat> and God gives us that uh, uh, expected blessing. You remember the Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians chapter 12, he had the thorn in his flesh, and in the midst of struggling with that, he trusted God to come through with his grace, with his power, with his strength, and God is able to give you that grace and that power and that strength in the midst of every weakness that you go through. So, you know, expect God's blessing. Expect for there to be a breakthrough. Expect for there to be a breakthrough because God has a way of doing that. So all of these acronyms related to peace is something that you're going to have to commit to and be obedient to. And if you are, then you can expect a huge blessing to come out of all of this. You know, when I think about this first point here, talking about the P that stands for praising. And you remember the old saying, when the praises go up, what? The blessings, what? Come down. And I tell you, we need to remember that in relationship to this last E, that when the praises goes up, number one, this first P, then the N with the E, the blessings come down. That's what you want to expect. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding this acronym, and may we apply it to our life in obedience. Brother Jim. Dr. Buckner, I love that. That's uh, the Buckner two-for-one plan on that acronym. It's awesome. So we want to hear from you. Have you got any comments you want to make about Dr. Buckner's teaching tonight? 
Give us a call, and we'll talk to you after this break. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark, and I am in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We're taking your calls about the acronym, the PEACE acronym that Dr. Buckner had just taught on. If you are just joining us, then, uh, well, be sure to get that podcast downloaded, and you can listen to the first part of this. But, uh, again, the uh, the, the uh, praise—I mean, I'm sorry, the PEACE acronym that goes through praising and power, experiencing and enthusiasm— there's a there's like two words for each one of these. It's awesome. Like I said before the break, it's Buckner's two for one plan. Amen. All right. Well, before we uh, get back into that, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for contending for the faith. Without your diligent prayers and financial support, we could never have been on the air for so long. It costs us four hundred dollars a week to remain on the air. We need your help. We want to thank those who gave this week: Mary June, an anonymous donor. Jerry and Nancy, Diane and Ronald, we need a total of $341 for this week's program. We are at a very crucial point in our program where we might have to go off the air uh, <clears throat> in a week or two if we don't start getting more support financially. There are two ways to give. You can do it the old-fashioned way by simply sending in a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, Nine four nine two zero, or the easy way, just go onto your computer to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. Once again, uh, Dr. Buckner will be teaching. He's speaking tomorrow, uh, September twenty second at eleven o'clock at the Living Word Chapel, and the address for that is nineteen twenty nine Novato Boulevard in Novato, California, and the zip code is nine four nine four seven. I'll repeat that for those of you that are scrambling with your pencils right now. The address is Living Word Chapel at 1929 Novato Boulevard in Novato, California, 94947. Please be in prayer for this church because their pastor and his wife are in pastoral counseling because their 15-year-old daughter, who was a strong Christian, recently passed away because of epilepsy. Oh, that's that's uh, that's not good news, Doctor. Oh Martin. yes, that's right. We want to lift them up in prayer. Amen. All right. Well, um, now that we are back, do we want to get into some calls. Yes. Before we do that, I just want to make one correction. I had said in the introduction, Proverbs twenty six and three. Uh, actually, uh, it's Isaiah twenty six and three. Uh, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So make a a note of that, correctional note of that, and I just want to bring that out. All right, let's get to our, uh, our callers. First caller, Who do we yes. have first? We have Sophia. Sophia, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you I'm doing here. there? Well, I tell you, I have a testimony for you, and hello to Dr. Buckner and Jim, Brother Jim. Now, I have testimony, I think it's right on the subject matter. So people say, oh, no, not her. But you know what? Stay with me, and I get to the point. But I talk fast, so I let other callers come in. Now, here's a testimony, and it's kind of like, you know, I in my home country, have the, well, they have it all over, little cakes, like uh, petty force. So I remembered the word I learned this week, metiforce. So it's like a metiforce. So I go to the dentist, and I have pain. Okay, so to make a long story short, she says, oh, is swelling, you better go to the root canal guy. 
So I go to the root canal guy. He says, oh, you have to have a root canal. It's very expensive. That's why I'm uh, a little loose on, on sending. But I get back on the saddle, Dr. Buckton. Don't you worry. Okay. So he says to me, um, you have to have a root canal. So he's doing it, and he's going, and they're drilling and all that. And um, so I, he says to me, well, you know, you need a root canal because the roots are dead. They're just dead. They're useless. They're not doing anything but causing pain, tooth loss, which I got, and, um, and uh, swelling and uh, nasty stuff. And so I'm, I'm thinking, oh, and, and, you know, and it's costly. So I think to myself, instead of going, oh, woe is me, I remember Dr. Buckner, and, and, and I hang on every word, he, Dr. Buckner, you say. So I say to myself, wait a minute, whoa, Nellie. I say, wait a second, this is like a metaphor, in, like the walk with God, because I have all these roots. They have no purpose, just like sin and Satan. No purpose in my mouth except to cause these horrible things that can happen. The infection could go to the heart and, and, and the swelling and the pain and all of the tooth loss. And I'm thinking, and so instead of looking and going, oh, was not me, we have to go in our savings and pay the root canal guy and then the crown afterwards, all this, I look to it and I say, oh, this is a really important uh, teaching. Dr. Buckner talks about this, sin and prayer. Okay, so I talk really fast, so I want to get to the point, because they say, Sophia, be quiet, you know, the listeners, are like, oh, not her again. So anyway, so I go, and, and I'm thinking, and then he's, like, drilling and all, don't worry, it's not the painful, but, you know, it's your mouth open. So he's drilling, and he's trying to find the roots, and uh, it, tooth, my tooth has, like, three root canals, maybe everybody's tooth does. He can't find the third one, and he's looking and digging, going and going, and finally he has to go, and, and, and he goes and cuts roots, and it's, like, three and a half hours. But then I say, whoa, again. I say, okay, what happens? It's just like Satan, and it's like sin. Sometimes he's sneaky. He hides. He hides, just like this root canal was hiding. He hides, and then he pounces on you. And then sin, can you, sometimes you don't even realize. It's like you, he lures you. You don't realize. You say, oh, my gosh, I was just sinning. So it's like, so I, I look at life now, thanks to Dr. Buckner, I'm going to cry, and contending for the faith through God's, it, it, and, and, and it was expensive, so I think that too. I think, you know, being a Christian, the walk in the Christian walk is expensive. It's costly. It's going to cost you something. You have to give things up, and it's going to be costly. So I say, this is like so exciting because instead of going, and the whole time he's looking for the little, the, the other root canal, I'm praying. I say, Jesus, please, root canal, show yourself, show yourself, show yourself. And, and finally, and I, pray, I just kept repeating it silently to myself. But anyway, I say, please show yourself. And then he says, oh, I found it. Because otherwise it would have been all the money, all the pain, all they would have had to pull the tooth and the root canal would have been useless. So anyway, I, I wanted to tell us because it, 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 it's a metaphor for the Christian walk. And, 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 and so now, instead of being all upset when something happens, I, and they say, oh, oh, and some people, they actually blame God. What is they talking about? It's not God. And, and then I think it might be Satan, because he says to me, why is it, you know, you're so healthy, but your tooth died? Who knows? Like out of the blue, the tooth died, and all this happened. But I keep my eye on the Lord. I listen to Dr. Buckner, and then I view it through that, and then I learn from it. And I stay calm, and I say, oh, I'm going to call and tell the people my testimony about it because it, it, if you walk through life 
looking through it uh, through, and you you keep your your eye on the God word, then it it it, it you can learn from experience instead of letting it you know uh, just destroy you. And so, anyway, I'm sorry I went on, but it was my testimony. Well, thank you so much for that. That's uh, very powerful, and I'm sure uh, a lot of people out there are listening to you that's been blessed by what you have to say, and it's almost like some people can build uh, not only a testimony off of that, but a uh, sermon off of what you shared. And so I just want to add another thing, a, a teethimony. <laughs> <laughs> You're dealing with your teeth, uh, teeth amoni, uh, but it's uh, it's uh, it's also I want to add to that that uh, you know you have to get to the root in order to bear fruit. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> yes, you got to get to the root because a lot of people uh, have problems with their teeth, and and you know they go through a lot of changes and. And until you get down to the bottom of it, uh, you're never going to solve the problem. You've got to get to the root to bear fruit, and that's the same thing with sin. Uh, until you deal with sin, uh, you cannot bear any fruit. You've got to deal with the root and deal with that sin issue. And when we come to dealing with that with Christ, then we can bear some fruit. Well, thank you so much for your testimony and uh, your testimony, and God bless you, and, uh, and we appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely, and I sent something. I'm I'm a little short now, but I send it this week, and I get in the saddle again. Thank you so much. We can use all the help we can get, and as Brother I Jim was sharing, uh, you know, this is too much of an important program to go off the air, so we need people to really step up and step up tonight and step up this week. So thank you for your testimony, and God bless you. Absolutely. Good night. Okay, good night. Amen. What, what a, a great call. Yes. All right, so uh, I guess we'll go on to the next caller. Let's do that. All right, I think we're going to go to Brother Rick. How are you doing, Brother Rick? I am blessed, and I'm blessed by uh, Sophia's testimony. And I'm just going to add something to that, too, in my own case. All righty. You got to go through it in order to get to it. Oh, yes, that's right. You got to go through it to get to it. That's so true. And we are praying for you, too, Brother Rick, because we know that you are... uh, in the hospital, and we are lifting you up that God will get you through this storm. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going through the recovery phase right now, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm here to, uh, I'm, I'm in the game all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm at, here's a question I got for you. Okay, what, what you have on your heart? Okay, we, we, we're, taught, we're taught about salvation, that once we are saved, we're always saved. Mm-hmm. Well, when Jesus gets his hands on us, he never lets go. Right. But but there's a section in Hebrews 6, 2 through 6. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's one of those apparent contradictions, but we have faith to know that the Bible does not contradict itself. Right. But, but a lot of people use that section to say we can lose our salvation. Mm-hmm. What, I'd like to do, what I'd like to have you do is reconcile that, that issue. Oh, okay, that's a very good question, uh, Brother Rick. And uh, let me just say this, that, um, you know, we're dealing with two different contexts of issues. I mean, when we talk about salvation, uh, it's something that's concrete, and especially with the genuine true believer. The genuine true believer cannot lose their salvation especially if they're genuine. And the reason why is because Scripture is very clear that uh, God gives only one type of life, and that's eternal life. 
And if you can lose something that's eternal, then it was never eternal from the get-go. So, and then the, the other thing is that throughout Scripture, Jesus said in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me and I give them eternal life and no one shall can pluck them out of my hands. That is so true. No one can pluck them. Not, and it says that no one, meaning the devil, demons, you know, even us, no one can pluck them out of his hands. And, he, and then he goes on to say that, um, you know, in Romans uh, 8, uh, that uh, nothing can separate us from the love that's in Christ Jesus. So, uh, you know, it's, it's powerful, these scriptures, and it's so sincere, uh, sincere truth that Christ has given us and the apostles that nothing can separate us, you know, and he goes through a list of things. Now, when you get to Hebrews chapter 6, it's something uh, very important for us to understand the background of a book. And uh, there was a writer that says the background of a book is like the skeleton to the body. You take the skeleton out of the body and the body becomes a quivering heap of jelly-like substance good for nothing. So when we look at Hebrews chapter 6, what is the background of this? The background is this of this chapter is that the writer, whoever he is, he's writing to warn uh, Hebrew Christians— and people who claim to be Christians, that if you go back, if you've been enlightened, notice what it says in verse 4, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened have tasted the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the power of the, the world to come. Uh, if, if they fa- shall fall away, to renew them again into repentance, uh, seeing they crucified themselves, uh, the Son of God, afresh, and put him to an open shame. So what the writer is saying here is this. Once they have been enlightened to the truth of God's word and communion, and these Hebrew people who claim to be Christians go back to the ceremonial laws and the rituals and the traditions uh, because they were attacked by Judaizers. They were law keepers. And what he's saying, if they denounce all of the truth of the gospel that's been given to them and they turn back and go back to the old sacrificial traditions of the law and the ceremonies and all of that, and they stay there, then there is no, uh, you know, renewal to this thing because they cannot be saved if they're going to go that direction and denounce the sacrifice of Christ and go back to the sacrifice of the animals and the bulls and all of that stuff. So, and it's interesting also, too, that when you look at Hebrews chapter uh, 6, notice how he starts off with talking about uh, we— Okay, notice in verse 3, he talks about, and this will we do if God permits. So this is kind of like in the alignment of the true believers. And then he changed up and he says, for it is impossible for those. Notice the change up from the we to those. And then verse 6, they and them, and then they in verse 6, and them in verse 7, and then and then it gets to verse 9, we 
referring to believers, and we again in verse 9. And then it goes on to talk about in verse 11, we, and uh, so forth. And then it gets to verse 16, them. So it's a change up to believers, to non-believers, and the difference between the sacrifice of Christ and the old sacrifice of the bulls and stuff like that. These Christians were being in a battle because the Judaizers was constantly trying to take them back to the law of Moses, to the bulls and sacrifices of all of that. And I think also, too, I want to say this also, too, we only have about two more minutes, that um, this is kind of like a an example of somebody like Judas Iscariot, right? Judas Iscariot, because he had everything, the makings of what it looked like to be a Christian. And yet, in reality, uh, he fell away. And... Uh, and then the enemy possessed him. So hopefully this gives some insight to this uh, this chapter here because you got to look at the background of it in order to understand what the writer is trying to say, as well as the attacks of the Judaizers. Amen. And I, I guess what I find amazing today is I've also seen not just the attack of the Judaizers, but just uh, just a, just the uh, just a belief that uh, you can lose your salvation. Oh, yeah, there's a whole lot of talk about that, and I believe that if a person is constantly living in sin and they have claimed to be a believer and they are constantly living in fornication with no repentance, then you have to question whether or not they are saved because the Bible says no fornicators and adulterers or drunkards can enter the kingdom of God. You have to, if you're a true believer, you're going to do the same thing that David did in Psalms, you know, you know. 51, he, he literally cried out and repented of that lifestyle and, you know, and changed. That's what uh, a genuine believer will do. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brother Rick. Let's have a, a prayer for you before we go. We got Brother Jim to pray for you because you're in the hospital. What would you like for us to pray for quickly? Yeah, what I'd like to just pray for, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, for, I'm praying for, for our, our fellow Christians to put teaching like what we do at Containing for the Faith as the priority. Not Amen. all this entertainment and craziness. Amen. I'm praying for a change of heart. All right. That's a good prayer request, Brother Jim. All right. <clears throat> well, Father in Heaven, we thank you that you are such a great God. And, Lord, I echo what my brother Rick has, has asked for, Lord. We want, we want your teaching, we want your biblical truth to be what's paramount and what's taught in our churches today. We want uh, believing Christians to listen to the instruction, Lord, and make it a part of their daily walk. Father, we know that it is through the reading of Scripture and it's through that guidance, Lord, that the true Christians will live their lives. They will show love to one another. And Father, we just pray that uh, that the, the believers that are out there, Lord, that are listening to the program and those that are not, Father, that they will pick up their Bibles, they will they will read the truth, Lord, and do what it says, Lord, and make it a part of their very lives. Lord, we thank you for our brother Rick. We pray for his continued healing. Lord, we pray for his protection and provision and all these things. We lift you up, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank you, Brother Jim. Thank you, Brother Rick, for your call. God bless you, brother. God bless. All right. All right. Well, um, how are we doing on time? I think that bumper music right there just told me <laughs> just the answer told, to that question. Told you the answer right there. You see how fast God answers <laughs> prayer? Yes, it is. It's amazing. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, will be back after this break where we want to hear from you. 
Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark, and I am in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we are taking your calls and talking about peace in the battlefield. I also want to uh, mention that Dr. Buckner will be speaking. If you're just joining us, I want to mention this again, that Dr. Buckner will be speaking at uh, on the 22nd. That's uh that tomorrow? That's tomorrow. That's right. Uh, at mm-hmm. uh, uh, Word, uh, Living Word Chapel in 1929 Novato Boulevard in Novato, California, 94947. Uh, once again, want to remind everyone that we are in need of funds. So uh, if you're listening to the program and have felt uh, compelled to support this ministry, we ask that you do so. And there's a couple ways you can do so. You can send in a check or money order into Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. Or you can go on your computer to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. We'd really appreciate that. We could certainly use that because we are behind. So, uh, anyways, we want to get back to the callers. Dr. Buckner, I think we have uh, that. Jermaine that's next. Brother Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, I'm here. How are you doing, Brother Jermaine? Doing very good. Fantastic program tonight. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, did you hear the whole program? Yeah, I heard the whole program this time. Oh, very good. And what did you get out of the uh, message for you tonight, especially dealing with the acronym around peace? Uh, you know, you, you always have a unique ability to uh, to break down words and into well, I call them bite-sized pieces that everybody can kind of nibble on. But I, I really, I was blessed by it. I, I was especially blessed by the sister's testimony with the uh, dentist and making that a metaphor for, for the Lord. That was wonderful. Amen. Yeah, she's a wonderful sister in the Lord, and we appreciate uh, her love for the Lord and love for this program as well as yourself and throughout the years and your prayers and everything else. And your family doing well? Yeah, everybody is doing well. Thank you for asking. Well, that's good. Let them know we're praying for everyone. I will. And what's on your heart tonight, my brother? Well, um, you know, I just wanted to finish off my uh, my, my animal series here. I, I forgot to ask a question about people who, they to me, they seem to take things too far with their animals. And uh, I believe, like you, I, I do not believe in, in the torture or causing unnecessary pain of animals. However... I don't worship them. And I just, I, I had some relatives one time, they were really close with their uh, their dog. Dog died, and it was like a big ordeal, and I thought it was, it was kind of a joke, but they ended up having a, uh, a dog funeral, like a dog service. And, you know, I, I personally, I didn't go because I knew I would probably lose it. I, I don't mean to sound like I'm, I'm being facetious or making fun of them, but there was no way I can contain myself if uh I, I saw people organizing and having a dog funeral, and you know, even with like a little prayer service for the dog. And well, did they have that they that they have a preacher there too uh, during the during the uh, eulogy? Uh, they, they, <laughs> I, I'll just say they had somebody do a prayer, but I, uh, <laughs> I know I Can know resist the dog that one. for all this. Uh. <laughs> you know, I just don't. Is is that kind? Is that going too far? Is like at what point is that? sin, or is it ignorance, or is it just, you know, you're just worshiping a creation? Because I understand the love for animals, and animals are very loyal at times. However, you know, I've, no animal I've ever known of has said, hey, when I when I pass away, could you please have this service? I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Well, thank you so much, and I, and I agree with you that uh, sometimes we could really, we can treat 
animals better than human beings. And uh, the difference between an animal and a human being is that uh, the an animal has a spirit, but they don't have like a they're not created in the imago dei and the image of God like uh, uh, we we are human beings. So um, even though I believe that you should, uh, it's nothing wrong with having a, a burial uh, and that sort of thing because in biblical days. Uh, they didn't just, uh, they had dogs and they didn't just let them die in the street. You know, the people went and uh, who had dogs and cats, they they went and they buried them and they showed a little appreciation, but they didn't go any further than that. You know, they really mourned over human beings and they put more emphasis upon a human being uh, than an animal, even though animals are uh, you know, a, a dog is a man's best friend, uh, you know, so I think we need to appreciate them from the perspective that God has created them uh, for uh, us, and uh, they are there to uh, the, to help us in many different ways, and uh, we should uh, respect them and appreciate them, but we should not worship them. We should not worship and then go overboard. I think a lot of people do that. They uh, treat their animals much better than human beings, and uh, and even though we need to treat them with the uttermost respect, we can go too far and to the point of uh, worshiping them. And, uh, you know, so uh, with a funeral and everything like that and having a, uh, somebody having a prayer se- uh, session, a prayer funeral, I think sometimes that's a little bit too far. I think we just need to say, you know what, this is a, a, a an animal that we loved, we appreciate it. And a lot of people, most of the time, people uh, take uh, the animal away and to the professionals and let them uh, take the animal and they don't even do a burial or that sort of thing. Uh, so, uh, but I know a lot of people who uh, really cried and they were really saddened when their animals died. And that's all right to to cry and to to feel sad over it, especially uh, the people who've had these these cats and dogs and animals since they were uh, puppies and and that sort of things and babies and they've grown up and they've really built a bonding with them. So it's all right to cry. It's all right to be sad, but we should never fall victim of worshiping and going overboard. Uh, with a- animals, because God doesn't want us to do that. Uh, there is a uh, uh, you know dividing line there where we appreciate them, we cry, and we uh, miss them, and that sort of thing. But we don't go overboard with that. Uh, we learn to balance and appreciate and balance without uh, going too far with the situation. So wanted to wanted to say that, and Jim wanted to say something too. Yeah, I. I... As uh, someone who's had pets, I remember um, when I had a cat back in college and the cat ended up getting sick. And I had this cat for like 11 years and and it was just my cat. I didn't really think too much about it. And I was very much, you know, I liked my cat. And uh, when the cat got sick and died, I I was, you know, I actually was crying. And it, th- I, I really did it. It sort of amazed me at the time. I was like, I really got attached to this animal. Mm-hmm. I have a dog now, and I, I love the dog. Um, you know, she's an awesome dog, and the, and the whole family loves her. I wouldn't say that I'm as attached to her as my wife is or my kids are. Uh, there's 
what I would call a dollar limit. So if the dog got really sick and the bill came in, it was like, you know, there's a point where I got to say, uh, you know, we're not going to go there. It's not like a child. A child, you, you pull resources anywhere you can get them in order to, to heal them. Uh, but and, and so I, I think that it's okay to love animals. Mm-hmm. It's okay to, to, uh, to even have a memorial service for an am- animal. But you have to keep that distinction. This is not the same as a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, animals are, as you said, Dr. Buckner, they don't have uh, an everlasting soul. That uh, they are they are here for our pleasure, and uh, and you know my kids keep asking me, will we see Sadie in heaven? You know, and and I'm like, I, I think God would be able to provide Sadie in heaven if that's His will. You know, I don't see why not, but you know we don't know. I, I don't right. know. Right. Well, well, the thing that's interesting about that is that I was telling Jermaine this uh, before is that when God creates uh, the new heaven and the earth, you know, there will be uh, animals on the new uh, mm-hmm. earth, and so. Uh, the earth, the new earth will be the Garden of Eden recreated. Mm. So when God originally had uh, human beings and animals in the Garden of Eden, well, the Garden of Eden is going to be recreated, which means right. that humans will be there and animals. And so you never know. Somebody's a pet may uh, show up and, 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 and show out, you know. <laughs> and, so we, ne- we never know. But when people ask the question, will animals be, uh, go, you know, come here on the earth again? Of course, because there will be a new heaven and a new earth and a Garden of Eden recreated. So, uh, so we, we need to, as we've been saying, uh, Jermaine, to love our animals, not on the level of uh, human beings. And we need to appreciate them. We need to respect them and not abuse them. But we also, and we also... Uh, you know, if 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 there is a, uh, a a funeral, okay, for instance, getting to your question about the funeral, uh, I think that we can a person could have a funeral and not make it a real big, huge thing. I think that they could, if they bury the the animal in the backyard or something like that, or somewhere else, they can go there together and just say, you know what, we appreciate this animal. Uh, we've had him since he was a puppy. And uh, we can have people share thoughts around it, and then that's the end of it. I mean, but when we get there and we start to get into a groove of worship and making the animal above a human being, that's the dividing line, then we've gone too far. So hopefully that's kind of giving you a little balance insight right there. And I also might add that the Bible does say a wise man regards his animals that's what uh, my mother-in-law loves to remind me. All the yes, time. <laughs> all the time. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. That's uh, that's the last uh, of the the dog questions. So well, that's a that's a good, uh, very good uh, question, and it's a different question, but it needs a different answer. And I think a lot of people listening tonight is going to be helped in relationship to the fact that. You know, animals will be here in the new creation. So that that answer is answered tonight uh, from the perspective of that. And will dogs go to heaven? The question is, will dogs go to heaven and cats and animals? Well, not where God is at in terms of the heavens of heavens, the third heaven, but on the new creation, the new heavens and the new earth, yes. I think we have to make that distinction between the two. All righty. Well, 
Thank Jim, you very much. Yes, thank you for your call and your question as well. Well, well uh, Brother Jim, looks like we have a little time out of uh, the. Oh yeah, we have Cece. Okay, yeah, okay. We got very it. good. All right, Cece, how you doing? Hey, how you guys doing? Oh, we're blessed. Apologize for that. Didn't know you were. Didn't know you were there. But I'm glad. No I'm glad you are there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did uh, How did uh, the, Did you hear the message tonight? Yeah, I heard it. Yeah. Uh, what uh, spoke to you tonight? And and out of all of these, this acronym for P, the peace, which one really uh, ministered to you? You talked about uh, being content. You know, uh, being content in what you have, and you had that passage um, with the Apostle Paul, and that's a passage I always used to read. Um, when, oh, when I was a lot younger, and that's something that I tried, you know, I try to try to follow up on. I'm not 100 percent on that all the time, but I notice a lot of times when I'm going through stuff, I say, let me let me just find God to be thankful. So I say, I feel like I'm free. I feel like I'm my health right now. He's kept a lot of my family members who are still breathing. I like, like, and then I start thinking up a lot of things, and it's true too. But a lot of times, even when I'm really depressed, and I thank Him, I start feeling a, a better. I say, well, you know. This uh, actually, I'm pre- I, I got a lot of huge miracles he's done. You know, and not to mention he's healed a lot of people with cancer that I prayed for, mm-hmm. um, and different diseases, kidney stuff, and so there's a lot of stuff that he's done. And I got, uh, and so that spoke to me a lot. Oh, very good, very good. Well, that's a, a key point there, and uh, two C's: Christ and uh, contentment. And look like we got a bad connection with you uh, somehow. Um, let's see. Say something again. It looks like we had a really bad connection. But you're talking. Um, hello. That's much better. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's much better. Whatever you did, that works. And 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 okay. you you have a a question as well. Uh, we have about three yeah. minutes. So let's try to uh, get to the introduction of it. And if we can't finish it, we'll uh, pick it up next time. What's on your heart tonight? It's First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse seven. Hmm. Okay. First Corinthians. Uh, uh, 14, and let's get to that, uh, verse 14 and verse 7. It's uh, uh, prophecy in tongues. Okay. And what uh, uh, what uh, do you have? Why don't you read that to us? Okay, no problem. It says, um, and even things without life given sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in sound, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So what the uh, Apostle Paul is doing here is he's really um, didn't have a, a particular gift himself and when it came to music, but uh, he's bringing out the fact that there were some people who had the gift of music. They had the gift of making sounds and with pipes and harps and stuff like that. And what the Apostle Paul is saying here, uh, even with the musical instruments, uh, we are expected to make uh, sensible sounds uh, with that, you know, when we when we do that. If you're gifted in that area, you're called upon to make sensible sounds, and sounds that's going to be um, a blessing to the people that's listening to the music. So he's making a comparison and saying, you know, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is the pipe or the harp? Uh, and then he gets into the trumpet. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the for the battle? To the battle, uh, like so. Likewise, ye except ye utter by the tongue. 
words. So what he's saying is when you make sense out of music, on a greater level, you got to make sense out of the truth of God's word, whether it is the gift of tongues, interpretation. So that's what he's saying. We'll elaborate more upon that next time you call. Like the music is there. God bless you, Susie. All right. All right. Well, we've come to the end of another exciting broadcast, and we would like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith.